if you've ever stayed in hostels when studying in college you know there is an ecosystem on the outside that supports students who are on the brink of being broke practically all the time and this isn't unusual or unexpected it's not a time in life when people have a lot of money so it does seem puzzling that there are businesses built around it and that is the first post in today's episode the omelet economy we first experienced it at the hostel bored with the predictable fare served every day we would escape at least 3 to 4 times a week to the little shack beyond the gates the omelets dripped in oil and were sandwiched between two crusty slices of toast yet we'd wolf it down and be back for more the shack was owned by guru and he taught us how business could be run with a customer base of mostly broke college kids he knew what we liked and cooked everything on a small kerosene stove making omelets one at a time we were in no hurry dawdling over idle conversations anything fancy to wet our appetites was far beyond our reach on the measly pocket money parents allowed every month it had to accommodate snacks soft drinks biscuits movies and cigarettes we had a running account at gurus much like students across the country would have had their own saviors extended credit and collections at the beginning of the next month now i wonder how he made ends meet with over 100 to 150 student regulars i guess there was some business logic that kept things going he would even come up with unusual concoctions like cabbage vadas it tasted a lot better than it sounds we were never curious about how guru managed to survive he was an ex bank employee trying to get by but there was no self pity or hard luck story he liked the anonymity it's probably more commonplace than we think unless zomato and swiggy the delivery apps have now taken over the omelet economy from the economy to something a lot lighter today you have stand up comics who have taken over even within mimics the old routines still bring out a lot of laughter and it is something that is categorized under harmless fun the second post why do we find mimics funny most of the time the routine involves film actors or politicians and unless the actor or the person is popular the connect does not work so why do imitations make us laugh in a sense mimics are like cartoonists performing live caricatures capture and exaggerate aspects of a person's features longer noses wider foreheads steely jaws are all tools of the trade to tell a joke through illustrations mimics rely on your awareness of the actors or the politicians mannerisms they observe and latch on to things that the actor repeats sometimes unconsciously and when it is played back the realization makes us laugh mimics pick on male actors practically all the time there aren't too many routines involving female actors at least 
that's a bit of a mystery take the actor tapsi pannu observe the way she talks her mouth moves slightly off center and it is quite noticeable when you watch her on screen those are the things a mimic will concentrate on the deviations from the normal and push it even further akshay kumar speaks in a slow drawl even when he is making mighty threats now that's comic gold all the mimic has to do is slow the drawl and build a situation around it as babies we learn by mimicking the people around us and that's a lifelong fascination when we soak into the mannerisms and behavior of people we admire haven't you looked into a mirror and tried walking or speaking like someone else i rest my case and finally to a more serious topic something that we should probably be thinking about a lot more is too much information a dangerous thing there's information in abundance today but the side effects are terrible on kindle the estimate is that there are over 7500 new books being published every day not to speak of the millions of blogs social media posts and videos being uploaded every minute the fact that anyone can publish has opened the floodgates for creators with no restrictions whatsoever the editors and publishing houses were the gatekeepers of an earlier age to a large extent they controlled and channeled public taste the same thing has happened in news politics fashion movies and sports the result of this abundance public taste and norms are splintering it's hard to build a consensus around anything anymore take for example vaccinations there's a tremendous amount of information around the subject right from how they were developed tested and the rollout of vaccinations being undertaken across the world but there's no such thing as a unified point of view people who believe in an opposing stream of thought will find supporters no matter how extreme the simplistic view is that we need gatekeepers we cannot make up our minds about something unless we have trusted sources but trust takes time to build in a world governed by the immediate there's nothing called instant trust naively we believed that abundance would be only for good but it's equally true of deliberately false information and that is leading to subversion around core human values both in thought and action we're experiencing the limits of our abilities to judge and make choices and algorithms cannot be the solution maybe information diets needs to become a thing every week i'll plant a few ideas in your mind on branding behavior and markets triggers for your thoughts spread the word to your friends all you have to do is click the link and enter an email address and i'd love to hear from you your thoughts your comments and your views as always thank you for listening